Hey all, this is the Flip-Flop Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Thrapp, an entrepreneur who turned my love of travel into a career. Travel is not just a hobby, it's a way of life. Making it happen can be tough. I'm here to offer practical advice to make travel more achievable. This isn't just about my journey, it's about inspiring you to pursue adventure and explore the world on your terms. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Flip Flop Experience podcast. I am here today and really excited to introduce you to my special guest. You may have heard me talk about traveling as a nanny, and I have my guest, Kimberly Shantz, here. She was the little girl who I nannied and is living proof that going on adventures as a child can lead to an adventurous lifestyle as an adult. So welcome, Kimberly. Yay. Hi. I'm super excited to be here. Um, I... I think that our trip to Spain was a super important and impactful trip for both of us, especially at your age, watching two children yeah. in a country you've never been to. Yeah, so you were about, I think we've decided you were probably about eight years old. You always a nanny for your family from the time you were a little baby until grown up. And so when you were about eight, like we said, we went to Mallorca, Spain, which back then was pretty remote because that was about 20-ish years ago. We're not going to do the exact math on how old I am, but about 20-ish years ago. So it was a pretty far away place from our home in Texas. And your dad was a pilot. And so he asked, it was it was actually the year that 9-11 happened, so 2001. And people were traveling a lot less and thinking a lot harder about travel back then. And so your dad called me and said, hey, I got this opportunity to go to Europe for the summer. But I told him I couldn't go unless my kids could go. My kids couldn't go unless you went. So what do you think? That's really wild to think about because a lot has changed in 20 years from when you know, accepting that offer of like, you know what, I think I'm going to do this. And I really would like to think I would be that brave uh, <laughs> because that takes a lot of guts and trust in yourself. But obviously we trusted you and it didn't feel weird. Yeah, I definitely I think it was a definite taste test of my bravery because when your dad called me, I was like, ah, of course, like I want to go to Europe for the summer. Who doesn't want to go to Europe for the summer? But then, you know, I didn't really have that much time to think about it. We had to make a quick decision. And then we were going in a few weeks. We had to get like an appointment with an agency to get our passports expedited. And I remember that that impacted me for like 10 years because I was super sick the day that we had to go get our passports. And your dad called me and said, we have an appointment. We have to go today. I'm coming to pick you up. And I was like, but I'm sick. I have a fever. I'm in, I don't feel good. And he was like, sorry, this is the day the appointment is. You're going to have to go. And so they took my picture and I look horrible like literally like death in the picture it's the worst picture of me and then I had to carry it around for 10 years on all my future adventures and I felt so embarrassed every time I had to show someone my passport photo when I went to a new country because I was like they're probably looking at this picture like what is wrong with her but anyways we went and got the passports and everything was a whirlwind your dad left way before us he left like the next week or something and then we got ready to go and I remember the day before we left the reality setting in that 
I was taking like two children across the world by myself because I was terrified. Another thing I really didn't think through in advance, which obviously I should have known because I was your nanny for years before that, was that once I got there, I was alone with you guys in Spain most of the time because your dad was working full time. So he was flying to other countries. He was out of the country and I was alone in an apartment in Spain with two little kids. But that was a really fun part of the adventure and actually influences me today because you were like, okay, let's see what's around the corner. Where can we go? Uh, Because we didn't know anybody and we learned Spanish while we were there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the whole new world across (laughs) the way with we finally found a McDonald's, something that we're comfortable with and everything that even impacts me today where as I fly, since I do, I am a pilot, but I'll land somewhere that I would have never thought would be an interesting place. But mm-hmm. all it takes is literally stepping outside the door because we usually try to stay somewhere downtown and just walking, just going and right. seeing what I find. I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma and walked just a couple blocks and there was a super neat like hippie coffee shop that I would have never expected to be there. Right. So mm-hmm. even us doing that in Spain, I think, was the first of that, just going, let's just see what we find. There was no Google Maps. and (laughs) (laughs) We didn't print out MapQuest to be like, we're going here. It was like, let's just go. Yeah, we called it, we're going to see what we can see today. So we would just get up in the morning after breakfast and we would just walk and we would try a different direction or turn down a different alley that we hadn't been on before and we would just see what we discovered. And sometimes it was nothing interesting and sometimes it was something super exciting that we um, were really happy about, like when we accidentally discovered the McDonald's. We'd heard people talking about these American stores like the McDonald's and the Disney store, but we never understood where it was until what you, you named it, the whole new world. We accidentally went down this corner and it opened up to this outdoor mall that had all these familiar things from home, which was really fun to visit. It definitely was way outside of our comfort zone. But I think that it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me because I walked away from that experience that I was so scared to do. And the feeling that I came away with was that I'm I'm braver than I thought I was. I'm stronger than I thought I was. Oh, I'm yeah. more resourceful than I thought I was. And to have that assurance at the age of 20, well, I was 21 when I came home, um, come home and know all those things about yourself at such a young age. I always encourage young girls Now, when I hear about opportunities like that that are going to challenge them and they're uncertain, I'm always like, oh, my gosh, do it. Oh, absolutely. So definitely with aviation, I tell everybody when they first start that their limits will be tested. There are going to be times when you feel like you just cannot do it or maybe you made the wrong choice, but you come out so much stronger on the other side. Um, I know that when... I so my your first certificate when you start flying is your private pilot license and you go through a flight portion a written exam which is basically a multiple choice test and you have an oral portion as well as that flight portion put together and I failed the first time and you know you think like should I have done this but definitely I think it's really important to push past those fears yeah. because so much good is on the other side. Like, for example, I have a friend that literally we were flight instructors together and she texted me and was like, I want to go to Alaska and flight instruct and I have a job opportunity. She's like, should I do it? And I said, absolutely. Yes, I am here for you. Whatever you need, go. And she is thriving now, right? So I can only imagine, I mean, 
Alaska is a part of the U.S., but it feels so far right. away coming. And she lived here in Texas her whole life. And now she's built a life up there. She has a husband, all these things that you would have never known unless you push past. So it's, I think, and you can tell people that, yes, it is going to be hard, but there are ways to push past that. Yeah, I definitely think that people look at me and think, oh, well, she's an expert in traveling with kids, you know, because it's easy for her and she does it all the time. But I can tell you that the first time I did it, I was not an expert. I had no experience. I did not know what I was doing when I was 20 years old and I took an 8 and an 11-year-old, the 11-year-old with special needs, across the world by myself. I didn't know the right gear or equipment or tips and tricks. You know, I had none of that. And I just, you know, was really just winging it. And we had lots of great experiences. And the same thing, like, one of the favorite things that I think about when we did those exploring times then was that we didn't know what we were looking at because everything was in Spanish. And if you've been to other countries, you know, we loved historical markers in America, but there are rarely those kinds of markers. And so we would go exploring somewhere and see some really cool hallways and doors, shapes. And then we got home and someone would say, oh, that was that was the Turkish baths. And we'd be like, oh, is that what we saw today? We had no idea. And one of the things that we would do is walk around and look at things. And then I would go in a gift shop and I would buy the little um, English translated guidebook of what to do in that place. We would have already done it. But then at dinner, we would read it and we would learn what we saw today. And we'd, oh, remember when we saw that? That was actually this important site or <laughs> this important thing happened there. But we had no idea when we were looking at it. So we really just were improvising all the time. And you, one of your most famous quotes from that trip, which I still think about when I take my kids to Europe now, is we went into the cathedral in Palma de Mallorca, Spain, and it's this beautiful cathedral that they call it like a lasagna because it was it was part of the Turk Empire and then the Moors took it back and so it has this really interesting architecture where they whoever was in power would keep building and building on top of the next things. So we went inside and there was some sarcophagus with um, important figures in there and I remember you said, Miss Leah, are there dead people in there? And I said, yeah. And you said, okay, like it was no big deal. So we didn't talk about it anymore. And then that night we're eating dinner with your dad. And do you remember what you said? <laughs> uh, I can't remember how the conversation came up. but You just said, what did oh, you girls do today? What did we do today? <laughs> and I was like, guys, we went to a church and they just had dead bodies in the church. They just left them there or something <laughs> like that, right? Yeah. And I can only imagine how horrified because I don't remember the reactions <laughs> because I was bless you for taking us there because I was literally going to say this is your first trial run with kids was probably the most testing of <laughs> your patience and everything taking me and Brandon overseas but yes I just blurted out yeah that <laughs> the, the dead people just died there and we, they just left them there is what he said and everybody looked at me like what are you telling this child and I was like that is not what I said. <laughs> so it's so funny. So anytime That's I take hilarious. my kids in a cathedral and there's dead people there, my kids will say, is that a dead? Is there a dead person in there? And I'm like, there is. But I feel now I have to clarify a little further. Yes. They died a long time ago. That's a that's a statue they put on top, you know? So that yes. isn't the actual dead person. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my but gosh. I think it's I think it's just so um, I think you just have to do it. You know, the things that yeah. you want to do. If you want to travel with your kids, you just you just do have it. to go. Because even the best tips and tricks that someone that does it all the time has that might work for me, but it might not work for your kids. So you've just got to go and figure it out and make memories together. And even whenever it goes wrong or sideways and the kids come home and think that they left dead people in the church, at least you went. <laughs> and it makes a good story, right? So just try it. Absolutely. Definitely. And you don't know until you try either. And that is really where the trial and error comes from. Because even watching—so last year, 
I came full circle. You asked me if I could nanny for your kids, which, of course, I was like, okay, let me see if I can figure it out because it was, you know, short notice. It totally worked out. And watching you travel with the kids, you do look like a pro, just FYI, (laughs) because as someone (laughs) that travels a lot, I see parents struggling because they might not travel as often. So the reason I was your nanny, for anybody that doesn't know, the reason I was a nanny is your mom was a flight attendant who flew internationally, and your dad was a pilot. So they we were just kind of on a revolving door basis of three adults that every few days one of us would happen to be there, and you guys just woke up to or went to bed to a different, a different adult in your life. So that was just a really normal part of your life. Um, what age do you think you were when you started saying you wanted to be a pilot? I know you said it for a long time, but how old do you think you were? I really don't know. Um, like you can, you just can't remember not I, wanting to be a pilot? I can't remember not wanting to at least fly. I don't know if I ever specifically picked between pilot or flight attendant, you know, because both have been super influential and we're a huge team in aviation. But when you have I, lots of extended family that yes, are in aviation. Oh, too, my right? gosh. Like everybody. Like I've got a whole village of people in aviation. I mean, it goes as far as pilot, flight attendant, HR, operators of the ramp and things like that. Uh, it's It's been super awesome and influential. And actually, I always told myself I wasn't going to pick aviation just because that's what I'm used to. But honestly, it was always so appealing to me. I think that's why at 20, I was like, why am I trying to not do something that really interests me like actually interests me because it's like when I was younger and you took me to my first office building where where Justin works Mm -hmm. and I was like this is an office space I just was so shocked because like you were saying I you know so used to parents traveling and I always loved to growing up it was so normal I guess like my mom would pack international lunches and really what she did is what most flight attendants do, which if you ever see a flight attendant, they always know where the nearest grocery store is. So keep that as a tip, okay? (laughs) (laughs) But um, she would bring back, you know, chips and snacks from all these different countries, and I just loved that different... That was just a mini cultural aspect, right? But I Now you can get those snack boxes where they send you the snacks from other countries, but you grew up always having those. Exactly, exactly, Uh, which is always so fun. But yeah, I, I cannot tell you what age specifically sorry to circle yeah. back to that well that's okay I can't remember um, you not wanting to be a pilot either that's why I was wondering and I was so excited when you called me when you were 20 because you did try to do other things you were like trying to find your way totally and then you <laughs> called me when you were 20 and you're like I called my dad I told him I want to be a pilot they're gonna help me go to school and I was like I'm so proud of you because that's what you always wanted and then my next comment was don't forget who needs flight benefits, because I always told you that from the time you were a child. I'd say, that's great. I would love for you to be a pilot. Just remember, your parents already have flight benefits. So when you get flight benefits, Miss Leah is the one who needs to be on your list. Exactly. Just Miss Leah. <laughs> Don't, my... forget. Don't forget. Don't <laughs> forget. I know. I know. And I'm sorry. Maybe if I switch paths in my aviation career, because I was with a regional carrier. Yeah. Um, so they're just the um, regional flyers. If people don't know what that means is it's just the smaller jets affiliated with the larger major airlines 
Uh, so I was working working for a regional carrier, and now I work for a corporate charter company. So unfortunately, I don't have flight benefits to share now, yeah. but maybe in the future I will totally uh, supplement that. Hopefully. You still, you still yes. owe me some free flights somewhere. I do. I do. I do. Somewhere. Somewhere. So when you decided to become a pilot officially when you were 20, I know there's a lot of different paths that people can take to getting their commercial license and becoming a career pilot. So which... Which route did you do and why did you choose to do it the way that you did? So initially I got my private pilot license uh, with my dad. So we used his Cessna 172 to get my private while I was working and getting my associate's degree. Then so I went did to that with no school, just on your own? No, just on my own. Yes. Okay. Um, so I did have a flight instructor that could help me with ground school. Uh, but yes, I did that basically on my own, learning through the FAA textbooks and all these things. Then... Decided to go to a flight school to expedite the process. So I had my good foundation from my private pilot license and I went to flight school and I got all of my certificates from, you know, instrument, commercial, and then my flight instructor ratings. So I could teach private pilot students, instrument students and multi-engine students. And then I continued to work at that flight school that I received those certificates from. So uh, I instructed for them for about two and a half years. As it was through COVID, it was a little longer than I intended, which is totally fine because I did enjoy my job. I, Like I said, I wore a lot of different hats there. And then that's after I was done instructing is when I moved on to the regional airlines. So when you were yeah. a flight instructor, mm -hmm. it was also helping you get the hours that you needed, correct? Totally, yes. So thank you for asking that because that is a big thing. So once you're done and you have your commercial license, you can get that at 250 hours, but you can't operate commercially due to insurance reasons, depending on where you want to work, I guess I could say. So in order to work at like the regional carriers and have your airline transport uh, rating, your ATP certificate, um, you have to have 1,500 hours. And then there's ways that you can have less, and that has to do with the college degree, there are some different ways around that, but let's just say, to make it easy, you have to have 1,500 hours. A lot of people will flight instruct because paying to fly for hours is way too expensive. You'd rather just make money while doing it. Mm -hmm. um, and also do something impactful, too. Um, I think teaching really helped me grow and my understanding of aviation because, like, with anything, when you, if you can regurgitate it and get it to stick in somebody's brain, yeah. <laughs> you really can understand the concept um, and also, you learn different ways to explain that concept. I really did. I loved teaching. And hopefully, I'll get back into it. Um, but yes, that was the main goal of flight instructing is to get your flight time to move on to the next step. Now you're a commercial pilot. Yes. Now I'm a commercial pilot. And yeah. you work for like a, how would you describe it? I think you said it's a... Yeah, it's like a charter, a charter a company. corporate company. Exactly. So you're mostly um, flying private jets. Yes, I'm right. flying private jets now. And that's why when I was talking earlier about what did you say? What did you used to call it? Let's see what we'll see today. Or Yeah, I, I would say, yeah, let's go see what we can see. Okay, I'm stealing that. I don't remember you saying that, but I that is what I really try to embody when I land. I kid you not. It's since doing, yeah, fly, flying private jets now, we go to the most random places sometimes and I do. I just walk out and I go, okay, let's see what's, what's around here? the corner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's here? And, you know, meet the people, see if there's a local restaurant, you know, get to talking to people. And I think that's really what I enjoy about it is like the social aspect. 
meeting everybody. And I actually have a list of things and places that maybe I would never have thought to go in my life. But I meet this guy that just works on the airport and he's like, oh, you should totally go here or you should visit this place or like this restaurant's really good. So if I ever have the opportunity to maybe go vacation here, bring loved ones here, it's something I can take advantage of now. So you actually write it down? Oh, I actually have. Well, I guess I shouldn't say I write it down. I have like notes in my phone of places that I want to revisit and go Um, like Sun Valley, Idaho. I think is pretty popular, but I had just never been there. And when we landed, the sun setting like behind the mountains, it was just beautiful, the area. And we stayed pretty close to downtown. I wasn't able to do anything that night because, you know, for a rest period and everything, I didn't have a lot of time. But I did write that down. I was like, I have got to come back here. I want to visit either snowboard or go in the summer. I'm sure Mm -hmm. they've got mountain biking or something like that. But since I went there for work... I'm like, oh, my gosh, I want to show everybody Sun Valley, Idaho, or I could look at my list and see if there's a different place uh, yeah, for an example. But, I think yeah. that's <laughs> such a fun thing about travel is sometimes you just end up in places that you didn't expect. And I, I really feel that sometimes the places that you didn't expect end up being the best memories and the, the nicest surprises that you form a relationship with this person. You have or this not this person, this place, this emotional bond that you're like, oh, I loved it. I have to go back. I have to take people. And that's also something about traveling solo when you're alone is I think you always feel like you've got to do it twice a lot of times because you go and you can have a great time by yourself. Like it's totally cool to do things alone and travel and explore. But when you really love a place, you always want to share it. And so you think I've, I've got to find someone to bring back. I've got to share this with somebody because when you love it, you just always want to share it. And I think I, I've caught myself before when I was by myself traveling and you see a beautiful sight or something, you literally like turn over your shoulder because you just want to share it with someone. You want to be like, did you see that? So what do you think is the coolest part about being a pilot? Is it what you expected that you thought would be the coolest or is there something surprising about it? Oh, that's a great question. The coolest part or my favorite part about being a pilot is the freedom. I know that sounds weird, but when I realize I've gotten up crazy early to get the aircraft ready we get our passengers on board and maybe they have way more get baggage than we were expecting. And we do all this work, right? And um, I'm getting them ready, make sure the passengers are comfortable and all this. And I finally sit in the cockpit. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, that's my favorite part. And especially fine corporate, I think that's what's made it really cool is like the regionals, you go to the cockpit, you do your stuff, you fly from point A to point B, and that's all it is. But especially corporate, I'm like, this is the coolest part. i get the aircraft ready. We're responsible for this like million dollar plane. Right. And then I get to fly it (laughs) at like, I don't know, just at mock speeds, you know, and, and drink my coffee at 41,000 feet. I'm like, this is so awesome. And not knowing where I'm going that day too. Sorry, I'm going to add two points is because especially the company I work for, I literally could land wherever look at my schedule and I'm like, oh, I thought I was going to Canada, but now I'm going to the islands or whatever. Yeah, That is also super fun for me because I don't feel like I get super attached to that schedule. I'm more attached to like the excitement of it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, cool. You know, of course we do everything safely and we look over whatever we need to when we have these changes, but I look forward to them. 
And you also never know who you're going to meet in these places. So it's like the schedule changes and the delays and everything. It all happens for a reason, you know? Yeah, that so. really that really appeals to me because yeah. as the planner, I always know all the answers. And I think it would be super fun to wake up in the morning and know I was going on an adventure, but not know where I was going to end up. Like, yes. I'm going to do something cool there, but yes. I have no idea what it is or where it's going to be. And yes. that sounds like it would be really fun. Yes, and I get paid to do it. That's the best part. Well, I've loved having you here today, Kimberly. It's been so fun to talk about our past adventures, and I'm really looking forward to witnessing all the adventures that this is, this pilot license and lifestyle is going to take you on. By the way, I am extra double excited for you that you are a female pilot because there's so few women in aviation, especially in the pilot seat. So I want to give you props because I think that is an extra bonus cool thing about being a pilot, but being a female pilot on top of it. I am so excited to see where these adventures in flight are going to take you. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Happy adventuring. Thanks for being part of the flip-flop experience. Make sure to subscribe and follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Flip Flops and Adventures. 